Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. So welcome to the Midwest Film Nights Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Uh, today uh, we're talking about digital collections and physical collections. I'm going to take everything that we just said because that was all pre the intro <laughs> and bring it in after this. But then after that, Willie's got or, uh, a genie is stopping by. Yeah, I have a, nothing to do with this. With another question for <laughs> us. And then uh, finally, we're going to talk about some movies that we've seen. Uh, I watched Finding Dory. Willie watched The Conjuring 2, and Nick watched... The Ides of March. The Ides of March. So, uh, before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us, let us know what you think of the show. We're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 185-plus bonus episodes with full show notes, so you can skip over the spoiler and other things that you don't want to hear. And uh, it also has a support store where you can buy apparel and donate to our show and network if you would like to. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop and have part of the money that you spend there. Come to us so we can make our show and network even better. And then uh, finally, if you could please go check out Gone to Texas, our podcast about AMC's Preacher. That's at G2TPodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. Please go and rate and review it on iTunes. Even if you haven't heard it, you know that we give you quality stuff. And uh, we would really appreciate your help in that endeavor. So. Owning something is better than leasing something. I think agreed. Generally. Agreed. So. Yeah. I need to go. I do want to go through my collection and start getting rid of some stuff that's not. I mean, there, I, there's plenty of shit in there that I just, I, we don't need. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've weeded out a lot of my a lot of my collection, but. It's still nice. I just don't understand why a lot of the hobbies that this this group in particular subscribes to, like video games and movies and comics and whatever, or even books, comes under fire from people who just don't believe in creative endeavors, I guess. And they just go, why do you buy that? <laughs> and I'm always like, why the fuck, A, does it matter? And B, why do you go buy a $10 martini, you know, three, four times a week and drink it in 20 minutes and then it's gone forever? Yeah. Like that's how you choose to spend your money. All the shirts Why do you go to and Tigers shoes games? that you wear. Especially like... when baseball is the most boring thing ever. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, spend $100 and go sit outside and hate it. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. Spend your money the way you want. It's just, yeah, so, it's, so, it's just so strange how how hypocritical it is when like geek culture is so in. All those things are so in, and yet people still like kind of look down on it. Like, oh, you're a weird hoarder because you have 100 movies. Like, I think it's getting... It's, it's weird. Like, now I find myself buying... Man, like much fewer like not as many blu-rays oh, at me all too. anymore yeah i don't like it's i've now that netflix exists i feel less of a drive to ever buy any kind of tv shows or most a lot of movies even but i I would never begrudge anybody who wants to have that copy of like the ones that i really want to have a copy of so that i'm not at the whim of wb pulling their stuff from netflix or something like that like 
Well, I think you also there's there's the factor of you're you're actively choosing to seek something out and buy it, and you're supporting it in that way. Like yeah. you are you are clicking another unit sold, and you're you're as you say a lot voting with your dollar. Yeah. I think is I, I I do love I mean I think part of it is also just getting older you start to like reprioritize a little bit mm-hmm. but there are times when I see a movie and I'm thinking you know you know what I really really liked that movie and there's a few movies this year that have come out that I've been like I wouldn't mind owning that like Deadpool I was like I would pop in Deadpool and watch it maybe but I don't feel really compelled to buy it in the way that I know it'll be available for streaming at some point or eventually excuse me I'll buy it when it's cheap. But like the nice guys, I really enjoyed, and that's one that's that's special enough where, and I really appreciate the work that went into it and the creative people behind it. Where I want to buy it and say like I have supported this movie with twenty dollars or yeah. whatever, you know, beyond the ten that I already gave it. There's, I think, there's a lot of factors at play. Obviously, streaming is really nice, and and uh, even uh, like VOD rentals, you know, kind of the same thing. Like, could you wait until it's streaming for your eight dollars a month? Yeah, or you could just pay six bucks and watch it. Well, in the, in the same way that you are voting with your dollar, like I have a lot of vinyl out there, as mm-hmm. we all know. Mm-hmm. The Mondo stuff is a separate topic that we don't have to talk about. What's a collector's? But thing. but now but in, but some of it for me is even like I downloaded um, an MP3 copy of Californication illegally. Years ago, the album, the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Mm-hmm. But now I feel that I've kind of paid my dues because now that I have money, I've gone and purchased the vinyl copy. Yeah. And may, I may not necessarily listen to it a lot, but I do on my phone a lot. And that's kind of like my legitimization of the of the terrible pirating that I did when I was when I was younger in, in a way. So, yeah. And, and some some artists have even said that, like to sample their work through whatever means you can but if yeah. you like it buy it yeah buy or come it. see me live or whatever yeah, exactly. like do the buy some merch from me or whatever do something to support yeah 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 because if you want them to keep going you have to yeah i've gotten to the money. point where with blu-rays like i will buy I, I like i think because of the podcast i make almost like a mental list of you know like my favorite movies of the year and those are the ones i'll buy That's yeah it. Yeah, and you usually wait until they're like on sale or yeah whatever. i don't i don't go out i i can't remember the last time i bought something day one yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, and and I used to go to Best Buy at 10 a.m. Sure, like I remember. And this is so so weirdest movie to remember, but I went I went to Best Buy right when they opened to buy There Will Be Blood on Blu-ray because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't wait. And how many times have I watched that Blu-ray? Zero, but it's there. Yeah, I <laughs> think I, that I, I, I can't remember the last. I bought Avengers. I bought Avengers day one on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think there's those ones that you do, but most of the time it's like you know I'll pick it up when I get around to it and. The other thing is, too, and, and it's the same strategy, but just a little bit different, because I used to see a movie and like it a lot and buy it, and then it would sit. And now I see a movie, I like it a lot, and I wait until I really want to see it again, and then I'll buy it, because yep. I'm gonna, yeah. at least I'm going to watch it one more time right now. Yep. yep. And that that's much more economical and makes more sense. And then, you know, there's that satisfaction of being like, you know what, I, I really want to see that again. And there's some movies I, l- I straight up forget that I have. Like when we were a couple months ago... Uh, I remember texting you guys too. I watched Alien and Aliens, yeah. and I, I was like, "Do I own these?" And I went over to my shelf, and there they both were in the wrapping. And I was like, "Sweet!" So there is kind of that satisfaction still to be like, yeah. "Okay, I think I do have." Past that. Nick is a is a good guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Set me up for it's like yeah, finding notes from from the past. Here you go, buddy. I should start leaving them little sticky notes on when I bought it and what my mindset was so that I could know. But you a lot bought of them, this because it was cheap on yeah, Amazon. A lot of them I just get as gifts now, like Fury Road, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, uh, Star Wars, Episode 7. A lot of the big ones over the last few years that I've really enjoyed, I've gotten like 
for my birthday or for Christmas yeah. or someone has someone has remembered like oh he really liked that movie and got it and that's kind of nice too. Mm-hmm. I think the only movies I've actively bought over the last like four years are Criterion movies. Whenever the sale comes yeah. up, and I'm like, Oop, thank they had you. A, they had a Criterion of the of the Brood. At, really? Oh my god! Wow. God. I was like, I need. I didn't buy it. I was like, I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I really, just, just wait, wait till November. Whenever. Yeah, exactly. Probably November the at sale. this point. Yeah. It was so beautiful, though. Yeah, like, they uh, they get me. They also they pop up at Costco from time to time, yep. and they're always twenty dollars. Yep. And that's where I bought Lou and Davis, and uh, I'm sure I'll roam through there one day, and the graduate will be there, and I'll buy it mm-hmm. if I don't just buy it because that that's one where I'll just totally buy because mm-hmm. I want to support that movie. I think I have a copy of Tootsie that. that I bought, which is a Criterion yeah, yeah. from. Gojo and I were just Costco. talking about the Criterion Collection because he said he bought the original Godzilla and Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah. And I was like, is this your first Criterion entry? And he goes, yes, and likely last. <laughs> and I said, they're kind of weird, though. You start buying them and you see weird other movies. But I was like, but he and I are on opposite ends of the movie viewing spectrum. And he was like, yeah, I don't really want to see any artsy, highbrow, international films. And I was like, they didn't always used to be that That's way, That's what though. Godzilla is. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it was once. Uh, but then I talked about how like Armageddon and Robocop and <laughs> stuff like that have been criterions. And he's like, Armageddon? And I was like, yeah, man. Armageddon's an important movie. But it's though. a movie of cultural significance. It's an important That's movie. That's what their whole credo is about. So um, I, I kind of wish they did more like that still like yeah. i think now they understand that their brand is like is what it is and so that's kind of what they feed into that and like wes anderson movies but, but i, if I it was I would, more like the library of congress like these yeah are, yeah yeah like, that's i would love to see like the furious six criterion collection <laughs> like that that sort of thing that'd be pretty awesome yeah. that's why i dig those scream factory blu-rays though is because it's like that's the stuff that I wish Criterion did more of because there's some important movies like yeah. in there, you know. And I think also they're they're so hot now. I think back. I mean, Armageddon was like spine number eleven or something. It was really early, and I think now that they're way more hip and like people want their stuff actively, they're probably working around the clock all the time to secure the rights, do the transfers, do the special features, clean it up. And I'm sure there's only so many movies they can do, and I'm yeah. sure there are a thousand in the backlog. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, they're trying to preserve ones that people might not necessarily know about. So they're trying to find that stuff, like Following by Christopher Nolan. They're not going to do any other Christopher Nolan movies, but they did Following. Yeah. It launched him. And it, it's not also widely available. So it was a, it's a good one. I, I can appreciate what they're going for, for sure. Yeah. I will say, one of the, real quick, the last thing I want to say They should do about, the thing, though. I mean, no question. Yeah, for sure. It's too important. Yeah. Um, Maybe they did. <laughs> <laughs> last thing I want to say about just physical collecting. You know, like, for me, I go through weird phases where I'm super heavy into stuff. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've got um, uh, John Carpenter's coming to uh, Detroit to do it. It's, he's on his tour right now for his concert, and he's doing a, a stop in Detroit. And so I'm like heavy into like watching the John Carpenter stuff again. I'm kind of going through his, his filmography and I own 90% of it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I didn't physically have copies of 90% of it, you'd have to go to different places to find yeah. ways to stream it. I mean, not everything's going to be in one spot. So then you have to go to Netflix and watch a couple there and then you have to go to Amazon and watch a couple there and then maybe try, you know, so that's nice. Yeah. I can just slide them out of my shelf and stack, put them in a yeah. stack and just go through. Really? The only, the only like movies that I've purchased as of late, um, I think... The one, like the big one that I've done, was the Phase Two collection, and that's kind of like a. I didn't actively go out and buy all of those movies on Blu-ray because I knew that they're going to put them all together in like a set later on. That I, you know, whatever about the set, but getting the movies all together with special features is is and three cool. D copies, yeah, and three D copies yeah. and all, and, and digital copies and things like that. Yeah, that's, that's that's all. That's all nice, but that's cool. Yeah. 
So that was a good discussion on collections and uh, and why we do it. But there's a genie in town, and he wants to know something. Yes, yes, Kazam has arrived, and <laughs> and he um is not the other guy this time. No, no, this Andrew Devoff is still hiding out, <laughs> waiting waiting in the wings yes. to deliver a, a horrible message to our <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, Kazam is here, and he's gonna he's gonna rap about uh, about visiting. <laughs> I was like, Willie, are you going to do this? I, no, Cause... I wasn't going to do it. I, I thought I thought about it, and I'm like, I can't do that. Um, so, yeah, no, Kazam is here, and he wants to know. Um, he, he's going to offer three things to you, much like our last genie, Robin Williams, offered. And what he wants to know from you guys is you get three vacations, mm-hmm. week-long vacations, and you can choose three cinematic destinations to take those vacations. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about, like, you're going to go hang out on the set of... You know, whatever. I'm talking about going to the... It could be a fantasy world. It could just be a really cool location that someone shoots in in real life. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, you know, but whatever. Just let your imaginations run wild. Three. Three of them. You get three. Okay. Okay? All right. Who wants to go first? Do we want to do, like, one, one, and one? And then kind of do it that way? That would be fine. That's fine. Okay. I think Willie should go first. Willie. Because he's, oh, wow. he's probably thought about it. I have it. not thought of this, actually. That's oh, it's funny. On. Well, I, I, can, I, can do, I can do my sure, first yeah. one. Because okay. my first one is the grid. Huh? Oh. I'd go spend a week in the grid. It might be terrifying. It might say, die. It's kind of scary. But I'm okay with that. So A week in the grid is a lot longer than in the real world yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. So you is kind it, of got a, how many cycles is this? Been? No, <laughs> what would you do in the grid? Uh, I would probably go check out the game. It depends on who's in power. If Clue's still around, maybe I wouldn't go to the games. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it would be interesting just to kind of walk around, see what's going on, experience that world in the first place, kind of get a feeling for what and i'd just be curious about like that food that sam ate like was that really food <laughs> like how does that work what does that what does that do to me and then kind of um just see kind of the state see if i can track down uh flynn the the little pieces of flynn that are probably still around somewhere i don't know i think it'd just be would awesome you visit the grid as a user uh would you be able to create what would you be able to do? That would be sweet. Bend, yeah, if I was rules a, a little. If I was a user, I'd probably be able to do some cool stuff. Yeah, that would be cool. I might not be as powerful as Flynn, but I could figure some things out. I could make my own fun answer. Copy of Alex, and then yeah, double Alex. He can become evil and the villain in the Neutron. And then he'd be trapped in the grid. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was my first one that I thought of. Who's next? I will do one. I think I would definitely visit the futuristic LA from Blade Runner. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, it's scary, too. <laughs> yeah, it would be okay, I think. I think it's only scary. I mean, it would definitely be... It would be sweet, because it'd be so just moody. I would just sit around and just watch. Just, just, br- just Yeah, just brood. Yeah. <laughs> just basket Eat some in. Chinese and a weird... Dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would sit right at that counter and just like enjoy the rain and the sights and the colors. It probably would smell terrible. I'm kind of thinking that it wouldn't necessarily be the best experience. Probably poison you. <laughs> yeah, but I think that it would be just so interesting to see how... Because there's, there's a, a pretty good amount of world building in that movie, but I think there's so much more to see and to know. Like, I would want to know what the rest of the country is kind of like. I'd want to know, like, the current political situation and, and economic situation. Like, there's a lot I just want to know about. It's such a... 
that movie is such only a glimpse through the window of that whole world. And and we're going to see more probably in another... When's that supposed to come out? 17? Next year? 18? I think it's 2017, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably... I hope they blow it wide open and we see a lot more, but still stay focused, obviously. Like, the, the, the original kind of meanders a little bit enough as it is, but I think there's a lot there's a lot to learn, and I think it would just be really cool to uh, experience that world. Totally, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Asgard from the Thor movies. I want to hang in Asgard. Yeah. I want to hang out. I want to go to like a, like a feast, like a buffet <laughs> in Asgard and just like drink mead and, and get wasted with Asgardians and tell stories of war. Do arm wrestling competitions? Yeah, I just watch them. Not do them. Just watch them. <laughs> And like place my bets and stuff, yeah, you know. Fun. Like go, you know, ride a winged horse across the Rainbow Bridge and stuff. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to do. Just hammered, hang out in the th- just waste. He's something like John C. Riley like... describing his <laughs> ideal Jesus experience in Talladega uh, Nights. Just that—that's that's what I'd like to do. You know, I want to go maybe hang out in the throne room for a little bit, like just shoot the. Maybe have a little little coffee in the morning with Odin and just shoot the shit when in his bathrobe. You know, like yeah. just hang out and just. So you'd like to go to Asgard as like a guest of honor? Yeah, like I want to go, like I want to go, like get the full experience, like mm-hmm. get the VIP tour of Asgard, like check out the hall of the hall of tre- the treasure room, you know? Yeah, that would be Don't smart. touch anything, but check it out. <laughs> yeah, just you just know. to see. And, he, and maybe you know, maybe you get a bonus like day trip, you know, like 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 a cruise where you make stops. Maybe you get like a bonus day trip to like you know Svartalfheim or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, but you got to travel via Rainbow Bring Bridge. Your That's one of the things. Oh like, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the catches. Like, I got to travel via Rainbow Bridge. That'd be awesome. Chill with Heimdall. It'd be probably pretty boring, I think. But, like, he just stands there. Try and get something out of him. <laughs> he's like those those royal guards that sit outside the palace. Like, yeah. I can't, like, he's, like, just really bug him a lot. Like, try to tickle him and, like, poke him and That'd stuff. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. So that's what I I'd Gaze like. Gaze into that. his eyes and see what yeah. he's looking at. Stare at him. Yeah. Be like, hey, do you see, you know, who do you see right now that's hot and naked? <laughs> Tell me about it. Hot, hot and naked. Hot and naked. Tell me about it, Heimdall. You're a real creeper, aren't you? <laughs> you know, like really harass him. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, trip number two would be to the world of Barsoom. Oh, yeah. Check out. That was going to be my number two. What's going on? <laughs> well, we can share number two. <laughs> I think I could probably come with another one. Go ahead. Keep going. I, I, I think it would be awesome to ride on the... The, the light riding ships mm-hmm. of, of helium and kind of see uh, or Zodanga either one and see how those work and, and have fun with that go meet some some Tharks hang out with the Tharks uh, mess around in the low gravity that makes me an awesome superhero like John Carter is that, yeah that would be awesome that would be pretty rad um, but yeah I, Mars is fascinating in the first place even if it wasn't connected to John Carter I would want to go to Mars and see what's going on there but um, no, I, I I I think it'd be fun to go to. Helium looks like an awesome place when it's not being destroyed by Zildangans. So that's my number two. Like it, ride Willow around. Oh, absolutely! Hang out with Willow Hang all day with long. Willow, scratch Willow all day. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um. Well, at some point, I'd have to consider some sort of Star Wars world, but which one? That's tricky. And do I have access to ships? I seem like I would. So I think I'd be able to kind of hop around, see some planets. So I'm going to say just the Star Wars universe, <laughs> probably with a with a solid focus on Bespin. I think Bespin would be really rad. Cloud City, because it's kind of like a it's kind of 
kind of a pleasure destination. Like, there's lots of gaming and stuff there. It's kind of a novelty. Yeah. It's kind of a giant, like, what are we doing up here? And Lando's the one who tried to turn it into a legitimate, like, Cloud mining... City's just a casino. Basically. <laughs> no, it is. And uh, Lando's the one who tried to turn it into, like, a legitimate <laughs> mining town. Okay. Um, yeah, Bespin, it would would be pretty sweet, I think. And also, I mean, just be, to be able to look out your window and just see nothing but clouds. I mean, that that's awesome. Yeah. And then you know from there take take some take some trips around. I think uh, you know seeing uh, Coruscant would be pretty sweet. The capital mm-hmm. planet. Uh, you know maybe hop on over to Endor, check out the trees. Maybe find an Ewok or two. Say what up. In the Star Wars universe, there's a lot to see in a week. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see a cool water planet. Like we never really got any like. Really well, sweet... I guess Naboo's kind of watery. Yeah, right? Naboo sucks though. A cool Geonos water planet. or what? No, Camino. Camino, Camino was with a cloning. Yeah, no, that was dumb too. <laughs> it's pretty. I, mean, I need a good. I need a good. I want to see where the Mon Calamari are from, and I think the planet is called Mon Calamar or something like yeah. that. I man, Gojo would chastise me for not knowing. I think you're right. I think. I think I it's I Mon that. Calamar. Yeah. I think is what it's called. Anyway. I could go deep with the Star Wars stuff, but <laughs> that's good enough for now. I don't think there are any worlds in Episode Seven that made me really go like, "Cool, like that's a sweet world." They were all neat, but there was nothing. And check out where Maz was. Yeah, that was cool. I was kind of thinking like Maz Eisley might be kind of neat, yeah. but it's supposed to be like so scummy. I'd probably would just get like shanked in an alley and then like taken, <laughs> taken them. My money would be taken, and that would be it. Yeah. So even just flying, flying through space, like even though they always talk about how hyperspace travel is so boring, and I'm like, "Fuck that! It'd be sweet." It'd be <laughs> yeah. Um, for my second vacation, I'm going to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin and mm-hmm. hang out in 1978 with the crew from that 70s show. Cause those, like, I love those kids in that show. Like I love those characters and I just want to like hang out and, you know, do things with oh, them. Oh, so we're TV and we're doing TV too. Yeah. Right? I don't see why oh, not. Right. Yeah, sure. It changes everything. Yeah. Not so really. hang, hang out with them and, and take a ride in the Vista Cruiser and go see Star Wars for the first time and do all that cool stuff that you could do in 78 with people that I enjoyed watching for years. So yeah, for sure. I do that. Push Kelso awesome. off the water tower. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. That'd be good. Get yelled at by Red Foreman. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Get called a dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Try and steal a, you know, steal a couple beers out of his cooler and stuff. Yeah. That'd be a good time. <sighs> yeah. I can't, I can't think of a third one. I can for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you would go to, I don't know exactly which year, but you would go to Minneapolis. Into the world of Purple Rain. Oh, <laughs> and you would see the kid perform. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Go That's to the great. First Avenue Club. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty beautiful. Or go purify myself in the waters yes. of not Lake Minnetonka. That's not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Minnetonka. Fake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> or it's funny how I can think of ones for you, but not a third for myself. I can think of like Back to the Future. Back, yeah, Hill Valley would be awesome. I'd go to Hill Valley in uh, 2015. That 2015. Just to meet the doc. Not this 2015. Yeah. Just to kind of see what else has become of the future and visit the weird automated homes that they have. That That's cool. Like the the, the future extrapolated. It's, it's interesting. It'd be cool to do like a tour of future extrapolated future timelines from different different movies over time. Like looking at something. I remember I did a paper in college that contrasted uh 2001 with blade runner mm. kind of like how those visions of the future are different and what that means to the movie so like you know check out hill valley and then go and see the blade Runner. like just kind of gathering that'd be a cool a cool time tour mm-hmm. so 
I would for my third one. I think ravenous. <laughs> yeah, right. Just oh God! Frontier <laughs> Civil War Frontier era. Everybody smells really bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. all dead. Yeah, that'd be worse than Blade Runner one. Um, I'd have to hunt my own food. <laughs> A terrible vacation. I'd be sitting next to David Arquette the whole time, probably. I can maybe think of one for you. I I, I, I want to hear actually. I, I, was I thinking, have my third one. I but. was thinking like the um, I can't remember the name of it because it's been so long since I watched it. But like the kind of uh, the otherworldly part of Hellboy, the Golden Army, um, that just has all like the weird creatures and stuff. Oh, like the in marketplace it. and yeah. Hellboy. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. See, that that's funny because I have a real thing in movies for like. Weird, like ramshackle <laughs> junk marketplaces filled with weird creatures and species and stuff like that. Because I was thinking of Maz Eisley, like I said, I did think of Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the planet where, uh, well, nowhere, but yeah, the um, the planet where he first links up with Rocket and Groot, where he like goes to try to cash in the oh Xandar, the, oh yeah, it is Xandar, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah, and how that kind of had a little bit of that vibe to it, and nowhere did as well. Yeah, I love, and that's kind of the way Blade Runner is, yeah, like, Blade the, Runner's the whole that time. way too. So yeah, I love I love scenes like anytime there's a scene where you're gonna get like all these weird species clashing right on top of each other, uh, and just all these weird different walks of life. Like those mm-hmm. those are always so fascinating, especially in like a sci-fi context. But um, one world I think would be cool to see, but I wouldn't want to go to because I'd pro- I would instantly be dead. It would be the Mad Max universe, dead immediately. But no, the one I'm actually thinking of for my third, I think it'd be really cool to go into the Marvel universe and knock on Hank Pym's door. And get to try and, and use the suit. I think like using the Ant Man suit just to like see the world from that perspective has always been like such a fascination. Like I think yeah. that would be just amazing to be able to be to be this small and like see how trees are and like how just how <laughs> that reminds me of Zoolander when Hansel says, Find out like what bark on a tree is made of. <laughs> anyway. Uh, just to be able to, yeah, see the world from that perspective. And then if if the suit was able to do the reverse, why not? Just kind of turn into Giant Man and walk around in the ocean for a while. Like, that'd be pretty sweet. I think just uh, getting getting the different vantage point of, of the world and being able to, like, use the suit and, like, just hop on, like, a flight and, like, hide in a plane and fly to, like, Japan or something just to check it out. Yeah. And uh, just the, the way that that would let you experience the world, I think, would be really cool. Absolutely. And plus to, to be able to chat up one of the great scientific fictional minds would be pretty sweet maybe maybe you'd see some other superheroes going on yeah, in the tell some stories about how terrible howard stark how is. terrible starks in general are <laughs> yeah all right well willie's got willie, a third. what's number three? Uh this last one is tough because i had a few bounce around in my head so i'll have to save some for maybe a future genie visit of ours <laughs> um man <laughs> trying to pick the one that feels feels right i think i would uh, I think I would, you know, I'm going to go with, I want to go hang out in the Demolition Man universe. Yeah. And that weirdly stare, like clean and like everything's so happy and nice. And they talk about joy, joy feelings and stuff. And you get tickets for swearing. I want to go hang out there. Yeah. I get in a lot of trouble, but like, it'd be a lot of fun. Probably. Go eat at Taco Bell. A lot of citations. Yeah. Yeah. Go eat at Taco Bell. That's a good um, one. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I was, I was hoping you would try to talk about how you want to go to LV429 and just like. I, I no, because I, I I would instantly wet myself. You'd and, be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like me with Mad Max, like dead. See, that's the thing is like like there are plenty of universes I'd like to maybe peer into, um, but if I had like an like a cheat code where I was invulnerable, then I'd totally go there. Yeah, if you had a condition where you were absolutely going to make it out of this world, like fine, then it would change a lot of answers. Sure, I think. I, I'd visit Blade Runner, but yeah. <laughs> uh, then, no, actually, you know, can I take that back? Actually. Jurassic Park. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, I'd go do a, le- a legit ride through of the tu- of the park tour and stuff. 
Like like without the chaos without of the terrible things. Yeah, that and happen. not not Jurassic World. Not that no. no. Jurassic Park where I take the Jeep and I just drive through the that's what I do. Yeah. Enclosures all working properly. Yep, everything working properly, tip top shape. The original vision that John no Hammond had. is spared. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Get the Pretty tour, cool. get to watch a baby dino hatch and pet a triceratops and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. There's a lot of potential. I mean it's a it's a cool question. Thank Did you, you, you ever play the Telltale Jurassic Park? I have not. I heard it wasn't great, but I've heard if you're a fan enough of the movies, you get something. Telltale out of it. made that really. Yeah, it was I, one know, I know it's not their typical. It's post Back to the Future, pre Walking Dead. It's before they really hit that stride. Yeah, that they did. Uh, I, I do remember the game. I didn't realize it was Telltale. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a dude I know who really loves Jurassic Park, like the franchise. It's just one of his favorite things, and he said. He goes, I love the game. He thought he thinks it's sweet. Because he, it he, he did up- say it wasn't like it's not a particularly good game by traditional standards, but if you are a big fan of the franchise yeah. and the lore, you'll really like it. And I kind of have read that review several times. Because it picks up with uh You're going where, after the can of where the can the yeah. Barbasol yeah. can went. Yeah. You're playing as the vet that was working on the triceratops and Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Somebody go check that out. Or write in if you have. Yeah, you- no, I, I, I think that's one thing with licensed games, though, is like it's tough to, to judge those or review those. I mean, if you're reviewing them strictly as video games, generally they're not very good. Yeah. Um, but sometimes... See if, me with Tron Evolution. Sure. It's a terrible game. Oh, it's, it's awesome, though. But yeah. if you're awesome. a fan enough of the source material, you forgive a lot you, of the... You overlook the... Yeah, Aliens, Colonial Tron Marines. Evolution isn't <laughs> terrible. It lacks polish. It lacks a lot the of single player is is fine, but the multiplayer is where it's at. Oh yeah, the multiplayer is so much fun. I'm thinking Friday the Thirteenth will be a similar experience. Yeah, where it's like this is not the best game, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, all right. Well, that was fun. It's time to get into our hodgepodge reviews here. I just realized that tied into your vacation or your trips that you're taking. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm currently. Elsewhere yeah. in the country, and yeah. as we record this, time travel too. As you're listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so we saw movies. Nick, you watched George Clooney's The Ides of March. I did. Director George Clooney and actor George Clooney. Director, writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Director along with Grant Hesloff. The IMDb <laughs> synopsis is: An idealistic staffer for a new presidential candidate gets a crash course on dirty politics during his stint on the campaign trail. Uh, this came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. I think some of it was filmed here. It was. Um, I saw it a while ago. Did you? I did. I, not I don't it. remember it very well. But what did you think about it? Um, well, I haven't had a lot of time to let it marinate. I finished it about an hour and a half ago. Um, but I was going through the uh, the movies that I kind of had backed up that I've been wanting to watch for a long time because I was like, I'm not going to make it to the theater, and I, I didn't want to watch something too new. I mean, I did, but. I kind of felt like I wanted to get to something that had been on the back burner for a while. And uh, this seemed like a really fitting one with the uh, election this year. The primary is going on right now. And um, uh, we just reviewed another Clooney film that I thought uh, was okay. Probably could have been a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, what? Oh, my God. He was a wizard in Warcraft. (laughs) Did you see Warcraft? No. Oh, man. That's too bad. (laughs) It's great. Uh, (laughs) Clooney would have been about as appropriate as Ben Foster. <laughs> that's the, that's who I'm really excited for. You should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You are you are gonna love Ben Foster. You are. Glad to as, hear it. As Medivh. Medivh. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> the Guardian, Medivh. <laughs> yeah. Um Lizzie just sat right on my foot for some reason. 
Wow, you got the whole floor. Uh, so Ides of March, it was good. I thought it was pretty good. It's it's a lot like politics in that it's kind of boring for a while, and then when something really juicy happens, all of a sudden it gets really interesting. So it's when it. I mean, it was probably about forty-five to fifty minutes into the movie, and I was like, I still don't really know what the big conflict is going to be with this movie, which I think is sometimes kind of a problem. Yeah. But in this movie, I didn't mind it so much because it is. It is so largely about basically actions and consequences, and and choices. Mm-hmm. And there's a great there. There's a lot of really good acting in this movie. First of all. Uh, Spoilers for Ides of March, can we, can we just say? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything huge, but nobody in this movie is a good guy. There is no good guy. There is no hero. Uh, Gosling is your protagonist, but he's not necessarily always a good guy. Uh, and it was really cool to see George Clooney play someone who wasn't squeaky clean. Like, he generally, not always, but he generally tends to play, like, a pretty likable guy. Even if he's bad, you still kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Like, in Money Monster, you're he's like... has got a natural charisma. You're like, God, this guy sucks. But you still kind of like him. You still yeah. root for him. Yeah. And in Eyes of March, there, there's some stuff about him where there were some scenes where I was like, ooh, look at Clooney. He's a bad guy. <laughs> and, like, I looked at his face and I didn't feel good. And I was like, that's really good. <laughs> that like, doesn't I, normally happen to me. No, I know. Yeah. Like, usually I see him and I just feel good. He looks like Space Ghost, so I just <laughs> am happy. That's the movie I want to see. I yeah. God, I need that George Clooney Space Get Ghost. That movie. Hanna Barbera Cinematic <laughs> Universe going, please. Uh, he could be Race Bannon, also. He'd John C. Riley as McGilla Gorilla. <laughs> I'm open to it, <laughs> but he he was really good in it, and I was glad he cast himself in that role because I think it gave him something different to do than we usually see him do. Uh, and Gosling's pretty good. I think I read that um, DiCaprio was originally in it and then dropped out. He would have been very good also. And then Chris Pine was who they considered. And I, I like Chris Pine, but I feel like he's boring. He doesn't... The only things I've really liked him in are like Smoke and Aces, which it's always funny oh that he's God. in that. Yeah, he's great in that. Uh, the uh, first Star Trek, I do really love him in. And yeah. um, Wet Hot American Summer, the series, he's, oh. he's the best part of. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. <clears throat> and a friend of mine just watched Into the Woods, and he was like, it's pretty good, but Chris Pine's amazing. <laughs> like he, he goes, Chris Pine is just a... Just a scene stealer. Huh. And that, that sounds really entertaining. But I, I think he's a guy who's got a lot of talent. He just kind of gets hitched to the wrong vehicles all the time. Yeah. And that's too bad. Because like, when I saw Jack, Jack yeah, I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't want to see Chris Pine do that. I want to see him do So he, he, I think he could have done a lot of good work in this movie. But Gosling is actually really good at playing the type of character he has to play. He's kind of got this wide-eyed optimism at the same time as a little bit of cynicism, a little bit of I'm too cool for school. He kind of balances all these different traits. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in... Ides of March. And he's oh, yeah. really, really, really good. And once again, just one like slow tear rolled down my face for Philip Seymour Hoffman because still recovering from that loss. Mm-hmm. He's just so amazing. And he is he is the best actor in this movie. He's really good. And Paul Giamatti is in it. And they both of them play the senior campaign managers of the rival uh, candidates, and they're both so perfect for their roles. It's great. And they're two like they really are like two contemporaries. Like they kind of feel like they're kind of cut from the same cloth. They're these character actors that everybody knows their face, and they always turn in really good performances. But it's uh, it's a pretty bleak movie. Like it's pretty dark. Yeah, and it it gets into some really heavy, nasty stuff. And it kind of just reminds you that no politician is is really squeaky clean. Everybody's got skeletons in their closet, and um, some of the dirty dealings that have to be done and and on. Things of this scale could make, I think, a lot of people just nauseous. 
and uh, Marissa Tomei is in it a little bit, and she has this line where she's talking about politicians, and she says they're he's a nice referring to George Clooney. She goes, he's a nice guy. They're all nice guys. She's like, politicians are all really nice guys, but they're not necessarily good guys. And she said, eventually they'll let you down with that, that they are not their image that they're catapulting out there for everybody to see. So I think it was actually a pretty worthwhile movie. I know when it came out, a lot of people were kind of like, didn't really like it. They, I think it may have come out at a, at a bad time, but I think if it came out uh, now, people might latch onto it a little bit more. Yeah. But I think Clooney's still a solid director. Uh, he The movie definitely gets better as it goes on. Once things start getting a little more complicated, you start to kind of sit forward in your seat and, and want to know how, how things are going to play out. And I legitimately didn't know something. I was like, I have I can't even hazard a guess at what's going to happen right now. So that was kind of neat. And there's it's really well shot. There's a lot of really cool shots in it. I uh, So um, before the film there had started, I had a blog uh, that nobody read. <clears throat> and it's at johnd1703.wordpass.com. My top 10 movies of 2011, number eight, is The Ides of March. And my words here say, Clooney's political thriller, an adaptation of Bo Willimon's play, Farragut North, displays the cover-up and backstab nature involved in political campaigning in quite a dark light. Gosling's up-and-coming campaign manager character displays something that I think happens often in the world of politics. He starts out with an idealistic attitude towards the presidential candidate he works for, but the game of politics corrupts him and ultimately brings out a jaded personality, much like the power-hungry politicians that we see in real life. The movie provides an effective journey through the world of politics that ultimately turns out a jaded perspective on the whole game of the industry. Clooney's direction and performance are both pretty fantastic, portraying a convincing presidential candidate and capturing a situation that any of us could hear on the news one day. The final scene of the movie really sealed the deal for me and cemented the movie's place on my top ten list this year. The final so. scene is really good, and the ending is really interesting. The final shot, the final moment, is uh, it kind of almost leaves the ending open-ended in a way. I'm not sure if that was the intention. That's kind of how I took it. But I, I really won't talk too much more about it. I can't it even I remember it. Otherwise, I would try to comment on it more well, than that. Basically, Go- Gosling's character does some some dirty finagling to work his way into a position that he that he wasn't going to be in otherwise. And yeah. he, kind of, he kind of plays the game, for lack of a better term. And uh, the very, very, very final shot, he's just about to be coming to... Uh, to the news live from like a, a gymnasium somewhere. And he's like, he's sitting in his chair and you hear through his earpiece that, uh, some commentator that is on the other end in the, in the newsroom is talking about how integrity matters and, uh, ethics still matter. And all these, all these things that, you know, morality still matters in politics, that these are the principles with which, you know, we, we all strive for and that everything should be based on. And he's kind of just sitting there like listening to it. And then they, they go live to him and he just kind of looks up into the camera and it kind of implies that is he going to continue with this path that he has started down or with hearing this little bit of speech, is he going to is backpedal going to a little bit and and try to go back to the way he was? That sounds like something I would like a lot. So I, 2012 maybe. It was, it was right. interesting. It didn't need it didn't need <laughs> it didn't need that uh, at all at the end. I thought the ending was already going to be wind up very satisfying because he totally turns into a different person by the end of the movie. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I'm glad I watched it finally. Glad I can cross off my list. It was cool to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of Michigan in there. There's a lot of downtown Detroit posing as Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a scene shot right on 14 Mile uh, in Clawson, 
Yep. And uh, Nick's Country Oven that's on 14 just west of Maine is uh, there's a little scene there. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I think there I think they also shine a lot in Ann Arbor as well. Probably. If I recall correctly. So it was solid. I'd recommend it, especially this time of year. If you're if you're a U.S. Would you watch it? Where? Yeah. Amazon. OK. Amazon. It's, it's now streaming prime for so. free okay yeah i was gonna cool. rent something i knew there were a lot of things i wanted to rent and i just logged into amazon and it popped right up and i was like oh that's a good one <laughs> i've always loved the poster for that movie so yeah. that's another it always caught my eye and i was always like man i want to watch that movie all right there you go well thank you uh willie i'll see you guys later <laughs> just kidding you went to go see the conjuring 2 yes from director james wan yes uh, the IMDb synopsis says, Lorraine and Ed Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by mis- malicious spirits. Uh, I think we talked about the original Conjuring in little spurts and pieces uh, throughout uh, since it's come out, but I don't think we reviewed it. No, I don't remember reviewing the Conjuring. So it might be yeah. on a few what we've been what we've been watching, but... Um, what did you think of The Conjuring 2? Um, I enjoyed The Conjuring 2. Here, you know, it's it's a worthy follow-up, much in the same way I think Insidious 2 was a worthy follow-up to that movie. I don't think it's as good as the original. Okay. Um, I think it recycles some ideas and a little bit of that. I mean, it's got that... James Wan, if nothing else, is a has a very clear style and vision. And, I mean, his ghosts have to, to, have to tend to have a similar look about them. And his movies have a very cool kind of weird filter on them, and yeah. you know, not always the same, but they have this weird kind of antiquated, you know, look to them, and I like that. Um, the story this time around does feel a little bit like things you've seen before. I mean, there's a little bit of the the child in peril, and a little bit of the possession angle, and stuff like that. So it's it can't help but feel a little bit um, a little bit tired. Um, just the concept of it. But I think the thing that carries this movie and what will carry this franchise moving forward, because it sounds like Conjuring 2 is doing very well, um, is really, in my opinion, oh, the two lead characters, the mm-hmm. the, um, the Pat- Warrens. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Yep, playing Ed Lorraine Warren, who, who, of course, were real, well, Lorraine's still around, but real paranormal investigators who worked the Amityville case and a lot of different you know, famous haunting cases. Um, I think the two actors have great chemistry together. Um, I think that's even they might they might be even better together in this one. I think they further the relationship of the two, and I think that's very cool. Um, did you just watch the first one? No, no, I'd seen the first one that came out in theaters. Oh, did you? Man, yeah. who hasn't seen? It? Somebody hasn't seen it yet. Maybe Tim. Maybe Tim hasn't. He's because we we saw it in theaters too. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right. I thought there were I thought somebody in this circle hadn't seen it yet. Might have okay. been Tim. No, no, I don't know. Um, but uh, no, Tim, right in feedback and <laughs> or just text one of us. Straighten yeah. this um, But uh, if you like James Wan and you like his style and you've been freaked out by his previous movies, absolutely, this is going to work for you. Fury Seven was terrifying. It's <laughs> horrifying. Um, <laughs> this this will definitely work for you. Um, there are a couple of real nail biter moments in the movie, much like the first Conjuring. Um, the only thing here, and it, it really, it's hard to knock because, like I said, it's. Part of it's just a matter of the fact that we've seen so many movies like this. But, I mean, this is the second time around for James Wan doing this, um, this particular series. And I think um, if they're going to continue the series, I think it's time for James Wan to step aside. And that's not a knock against him. I really did enjoy The Conjuring too, But I, I feel like maybe I'd like to see him do something 
I don't mind him sticking in the horror genre by any means. So I think it's time to move away from the ghost supernatural thing for him. Um, I think we've seen his talents elsewhere. Um, I, I think the first saw is still, I stand by that as pretty damn good movie, really great low budget thriller. Um, yeah. uh, death sentence is highly underrated with Kevin Bacon, highly underrated. It's got your boy, um, uh, from Tron, Garrett Hedlund in it and John Goodman. So right. might want to give that a look. Sure. Um, he's done stuff. And then of course his the fast seven or furious seven, whatever it was called. Furious seven. Um, I think he. I'd like to see him start moving into some other stuff now. I think he. That How first, about Aquaman? That's not <laughs> what I was hoping for him to move into, but we'll see. It could be no. It could be really cool. Honestly, it could. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think if you're a fan of this type of movie and a fan of his style, you will enjoy it. You might walk away feeling a little bit like, "Yeah, it was good. It was a good solid horror flick." I think it. It's. It was never going to be the Conjuring one purely yeah. because the Conjuring one was kind of. The Conjuring one was nothing original. It was not. It was just a really awesome, perfectly told ghost story mm-hmm. that reminded me of movies like Burn Offerings or um, The Original Haunting or um, The Changeling with George, like George C. Scott. Those movies, those classic ghost story movies from the 60s and 70s and even before, really creepy. It almost had a hammer horror vibe too about it, that classic like British, yeah. I don't know. And, and I think that this one does continue that trend, but... It, you can't help but feel like you've seen it a little bit before. Um, the nun character that you've been seeing in all the previews for it, the, the nun ghost, is terrifying, though. So, good job. So, let me... Let me uh, I don't think I've seen the nun ghost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who doesn't typically reaction. like watching trailers but ended up seeing this one, do you feel as though they held enough behind to keep it... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think some of the better scares in the movie are, are you don't see anything of it. Okay, the, that's the, cool. Um, and it's cool because it's, I think the Conjuring series has a very clear format ahead of it. And I think that's great because, because you are taking real-life cases that happened... There's so much material to draw on. It's a lot like like uh, Marvel movies. There's so many stories to draw on for future movies that you can you can take parts of them, and they kind of have a cool. They've kind of set up now a cool tradition of having a prologue. Mm-hmm. You know, the first movie is the Annabelle prologue. Yep. This one they start with Amityville as the prologue, okay. and so it's kind of cool because we're getting you get a little taste of you know. And I it was smart of James Wan to touch on the Amityville thing because I think everybody is immediately like Amityville. When's the Amityville one? But do you want to see that again? No. Mm-hmm. James Wan doesn't want to make that movie. And I don't blame him. It's been made... It's been done to death. But it's cool that he was able to touch on Amityville briefly because it kind of whets that appetite for people to go like, oh, okay. Isn't that how the first one ends? Don't they say that they're going to Amityville? I believe so. I yeah. They, there's some reference that he's like, oh, we're... Where you there's a house in, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a house in Amityville. We so this is out. actually, it does take place after this is a the sequel. first one? Okay. Yep, it's a sequel. I couldn't remember if I had heard that it was a prequel or what. Yeah, because in the first one, if I remember right, the, the, the prologue is the Annabelle thing. They put Annabelle in the case, and then their next case immediately starts right after that. This one, Annabelle is already in the case and stuff, so it's firmly set after okay. that, that first movie. I, also, I feel like I remember them also hinting at things that prior events that had happened to her before as if they could go back and talk about it at some point. But. They touch on previous stuff a little bit. There's a little bit of, and I don't think this is a huge spoiler, a little bit of her kind of wanting to get out of the game yeah, um, because she's seen shit and yep. she's kind of getting tired of it. Um, and that's that's interesting. And and I don't know. It's, it's a cool movie and I, I'd like to see them continue. I love the one thing, and it seems so simple, but I love it so much, is 
<clears throat> there's this cool like you know they they have the the prologue and they have a cool scrolling thing talking about Ed and little Lorraine Warren and then like the scrolling text goes by and it's it's just black screen for a little bit and then this giant the Conjuring Two logo just slides yeah, out I'm like yes sweet. it's so sweet I'm that like I sweet. love this so much right now thank you James that's Wong. old school so old yeah. with like the in the background you're like yes like here we go that's really good um and there were a lot of, there were a few people that like left the theater because they were like honestly like they were like I can't do this it was pretty cool I was like I thought I could do this but oh I man I have to go see it so it's worth checking out definitely um and this is gonna feed more into Nick like getting back at me for saying I don't want to go to the theaters this is one to see in the theaters yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, you want to see it with a crowd, yeah, because it's fun to watch people. I don't jump typically. They can get me with a cheap jump scare because your human reaction is to oh, yeah. flinch. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I, I was never that scared during this movie. I had a little creeped out moments, but like watching others is what's fun for me. Yeah. especially going with my wife who does not handle paranormal waifu? stuff well. Yes, wife who does not handle it well. Uh, my hand hurt for a little while afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's I've fun. I've said that more than once. On yep. the, uh, my hand was pretty busted after the first Conjuring in the theater. That's part of the fun. Now, real quick before we move on, um, if you, I don't know, if you can't make it out to a theater, maybe you don't have a theater that close to you or you, know, you just don't want to go to the theater or The Conjuring's not your bag. There's another horror movie I watched um, that is brand new to Netflix. I believe it came directly to Netflix. It wasn't. It's not a Netflix production, but it was uh, sent out to Netflix right away. It is Mike Flanagan who directed um, Absentia, which was I have not seen, but I've heard it's very cool, and Oculus. He directed a movie called Hush, kind of a low-budget oh, horror that. flick. Do you see the movie? No, is it good? Oh, I it's mean, really cool. I saw it come up yeah, and I, I yeah, thought yeah. it looked really neat. It's very cool. It's about a um, uh, young woman who's a, she's a writer and she um, she retreats to kind of a, a house in the wilderness type deal. I mean, it's a pretty typical setup. And there's a guy who begins kind of terrorizing her. The catch is she's deaf. Mm. And they play with her being deaf in ways that are very cool um, because because she cannot hear him. And she has to rely on other senses, and he's able to play more of a creepy like cat and mouse game with her because he knows that she can't. It it was a cool, it's a cool little thriller. Um, it actually it's got uh, it's got the guy from um, Ten Cloverfield Lane in it. Uh, the, the oh funny yeah, dude. that's right. Um, he, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what his name is. He's on he's on um, the newsroom. The newsroom as well. Uh, he actually plays John Gallagher Jr. He plays the killer. And he's like, I he's such a likable guy. But in this movie, you're like, oh god, I do not like you at all. Like, yeah, yeah it's cool. It's it's a weirdly like, it doesn't go over overboard in terms of um, it doesn't get over the top. It feels very grounded, and the violence feels really real, like like green room real. Yeah. Um, so I, I dug it a lot, and I, I kind of watched it because he. Um, uh, Mike Flanagan, the director, he is one of the two directors that's being heavily courted for the new Halloween movie, uh, which I didn't think I was going to be that excited for until they said, hey, John Carpenter's producing and helping with the script and doing the score. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be sweet. So it's it's between Mike Flanagan and Adam Wingard, who directed Your Next and The Guest. So, so things look good for I am A-OK a with either movie. one of these two guys. I Here's here's my thought. I I've, I've seen... Both of Adam Wingard's movies, the the bigger movies, I think he's done some stuff, smaller stuff previously, yeah. and I've only seen the one of Mike Flanagan's, but I've heard good things about Absentia and Oculus. I think that just having seen what I've seen of theirs, I think, I, I mean, I like Adam Wingard more, I like his style more, I like... I like the vibe his movie his movies give off more, but I think Mike Flanagan's a better pick for Halloween. Interesting. That's where I'm currently at. Give Adam Wingard the new Friday the Thirteenth. Give it to him right now. <laughs> like he would kill it. 
he would kill that movie and then give Mike Flanagan Halloween and we could be in very good shape. Well, you heard it here, Hollywood. Please. Make it happen. Yeah, Do this. Do it. Put, All put, our instructions. Yeah, yes. Move the chess pieces where they need to be moved. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I went out and saw Finding Dory. Uh, this is Andrew Stanton and Angus McLean's Finding Dory. Um, sequel to Finding Nemo, obviously. And uh, the IMDb synopsis says... The friendly but forgetful blue tang fish reunites with her loved ones, and everyone learns a few things about the real meaning of family along the way. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. But before I get to that movie, I want to talk about the short that came in front of it called Piper. It's really, really awesomely detailed CG of these birds that live near the shoreline. And it's about this baby bird kind of learning to hunt on his hel- and by himself. Fly. It's this this short brought Alex's tears. This is the first time I've felt Alex's tears legitimately in like a really long time, and this short did it. And it's there's just moments where you're gonna laugh, moments that feel like the the these Pixar shorts that come before these movies or any of the Disney shorts. They're such a well packaged kind of tour of emotions i think and uh and piper is no exception that's it's awesome. really how it's long really, is it really awesome i don't know it can't be more than like 10 minutes i would say i've come to enjoy those shorts almost as much as the movie like i go in looking forward to the short oh, yeah. just as much as i, do the I movie. think it started really in my opinion with paper man on wreck it ralph was kind of the first one that i was really like sure yeah i mean the pixar shorts have always been good but i think paper man was like the first of like and that's a walt disney one on wreck it ralph but then also the one i can't remember i think it's called uh I can't remember what it's called, but the one that comes before Big Hero Six about the dog. Sanjay's is that Sanjay Super no. Team? No, there's it's a it's about uh, like a little French bulldog mm. that kind of this man. It's about a man kind of finding love and yeah. And no, how, that one's not that one's uh, that's not Big Hero Six. I've seen that one. I'm pretty sure it is Big Hero Six. Really? Yeah. I but, haven't seen Big Hero Six, but I've seen that short. Yeah, and it, I think it got passed around on the internet <clears> pretty, <throat> but. Also fantastic, but yeah. Piper Piper definitely is right up there with it. So if you can check it out, it's really cool. They do some kind of tilt shift stuff with it for like the intro of it, and then the actual animation itself looks beautiful. Cool. So, uh, but back to Finding Dory. Um, I think it's a pretty solid movie. It's been a long time since I've seen Finding Nemo. Uh, I went and saw this with Nicole, and Nicole felt that Finding Dory was a better movie. I think there's a lot. And I th- I really need to rewatch Finding Nemo, but I think this movie has so much more in terms of like underlying themes about family and and what family means. But then on top of that, like even Dory's like Dory has a disability, and kind of her learning to live with it is also like a really her learning not only that she can live with it, but also kind of be like live a normal life. I think is also pretty important and something that kids should learn even maybe not through movies but that is okay too um there's a lot of new characters that come around ed o'neill's in the movie he does a great job uh caitlin olsen from 
It's always sunny. What kind of animal does Ed O'Neill play? Is it a Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill is a uh, is a squid or the the <laughs> octopus. Awesome. Yeah, he's an octopus. And Wonderful he's, choice. He's fantastic. Caitlin Olsen is like a nearsighted blue, uh, some kind of whale. <laughs> Not a beluga, but another kind of whale. That's pretty funny. Ty Burrell from uh, Modern Family plays a beluga whale, who's <laughs> fantastic. He's really good. My favorite is uh, probably the continuing uh, the, con- the continuing love affair between Disney and Idris Elba as he was in not only Zootopia this year, but also The Jungle Book. He was also in Finding Dory as a, uh, a sea lion alongside Dominic West. Oh, wow. That's They're cool. two Australian sea lions that are like hanging out on this, this rock outside of uh, so... like the main place of the movie. So and... there, was a wire, there was a wire reunion yeah, <laughs> between yeah. the sea lions? I didn't even think about that. Yes. They should have given them like Boston accents. Isn't that where the wire takes place is Boston? Uh, it's in Maryland. Oh, it's it's okay. in Baltimore. 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 So. That's right. Um, but they're, they're great together and everything involving them is really funnily staged. There's this one. I don't know if he's a seal or a sea lion or what he is. Is, but there's one this one dude who always carries a bucket around and they need the bucket for some reason they're like if you give us the bucket you can come up on our rock so the the guy like slinks up and it's the seal that has like he's got a unibrow and he's just got like an overbite and it's he's really he's one of the funniest things to me in the entire movie and i i just i loved him so that was good um and they do some really cool flashback stuff with Dory, kind of giving you a lot of backstory about her life with her parents and and learning and growing up with with her uh, her short term memory loss and all that kind of stuff. And I think I think that was really effective. And um, overall, it was just it was it was really good. Cool to see uh, Pixar really nailing a sequel. Then yeah, you know, I mean, it's not that. I wouldn't say I don't remember much about Monsters University. I remember thinking it was fine. Oh, you know what? I I thought it was you know it actually was pretty good. I take it back. Like, yeah. it, but but it but it didn't really stick around in my mind that much. I think it's better than like Cars two, obviously. Sure. It's not a Toy Story three, and I would say the same thing about Finding Dory. I think I think it's a very good solid sequel. I think it was a story that you know didn't necessarily need to be told, but I think it was a story that is okay to tell considering. I don't know what the hell they're doing with Cars movies, but um, no, it was it was fantastic, and all the characters are are, are really well uh, voiced. There's a couple surprises in there. I saw Willem Dafoe in the credits, but hmm. I didn't see him anywhere in the movie. He played uh, yeah, he played the he was kind of like, scarred, angry fish yeah, in that the... black. Yeah, I didn't see him anywhere, but maybe he's in there somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's another character or something. No, he, he's playing Gil, which oh. is the name of the character. So oh. I don't, I'm not sure what was up there. But, he got um, cut. Maybe he did. Um, but is no. the is the the French uh, crab guy? In it? No, no. There. He was really funny to me in the first one. Instead of like like outside of the core cast, I think it's mostly just um, uh, Andrew Stanton voice the turtle who who kind of the surfer sea the turtle surfer, surfer sea turtle yeah so i think he's really like the only other character that i remembered from the movie there's, the stingrays in it the, too. The, the stingrays yeah. there for a little bit too but that's about it so that's cool uh there's also some interesting theories out there about the movie that i don't i won't i won't talk about because it kind of deals with spoilers i but. love all those disney pixar like weird like connection theories that people make up and yeah. stuff there's some really fun ones like yeah. you know this is what this these are the kind of conspiracy theories i enjoy yeah <laughs> 
So. The, the ones that are in franchises that don't really inspire that at all are yeah. always really yep. good. No one's asking for these connections. But. Yep. Was so, Albert Brooks in it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's Albert good. Brooks. and uh, So Nemo and Marlon and Dory are kind of the main characters of the movie. Cool. And it's all about her trying to find her parents because she remembers that she had a family at one point. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Cool. It's pretty solid. Is the so. voice acting all pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. You know, even the kids that they got to play young Dory and whoever they found to play Nemo because it wasn't, it's not the same. This movie kind of takes place shortly after Nemo did, I think. And so, you know, obviously Nemo was a kid and now they found another kid to play Nemo to kind of keep him at the same age. Yeah. Uh, they sound, they sounded great. It wasn't, you know, it, there, I feel like there are some cases where young kids are play, doing voice acting stuff. And you know that by any means necessary. Like I think the there's some behind the scenes stuff of them recording Monsters Inc. and the girl who played Boo. Mm-hmm. They just had to do anything that they could to get her to like make the sounds and do the things that they wanted her to do in the movie. These these seemed like kids that that knew what they were doing and, and were oh. into it, so they could. Gotcha. You know, like the kid from Up. Yes. Yes. This so, is hilarious. Incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's it for this week's episode. Uh, I think we're going to miss Independence Day Resurgence, unfortunately. Wah, wah, uh, rats. So I think what a summer. We're probably all disappointed by that. But, what a summer. Uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe Tim will go see it and he can report in. But I feel like Tim wouldn't go see Independence Day too. So. I wonder if Tim saw Warcraft. Yeah, I hope, I hope he did. I Tim, write in. I feedback don't think he has yet. But I think it's going to happen. I I think it has to. It should. So, uh, yeah, check back. I mean, next week, yeah, we'll be back with a normal, hopefully a normal episode. Back in the swing, swing of things. I can kind of look up and see what we're going to be looking at here. But feedback at MidwestFilmNews.com. It's where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And MidwestFilmNews.com has all previous 184-plus bonus episodes with full show notes. So you can skip over the spoiler and other things that you don't want to hear. Um, we are also, you can go to amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com. Shop there. Part of the money that you spend comes back to us. And of course, please check out, rate, and review Gone to Texas on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or the Google Play Store. That's at g2tpodcast.com. The letter G number two, letter T podcast.com. Uh, so out next week, uh, next week, because we're recording this early, um independence day obviously the shallows which we've spoken about shortly or a little bit uh with the terrifying sharks yeah i almost dove out the window the other day <laughs> that's the tv spot came on <laughs> that'll be nick's uh nick's hand gripping movie we've got a Tony, i'll be freaking out <laughs> we've got nicholas winding ruffin's uh a follow-up to uh only god forgives the neon demon starring ellie fanning uh christina hendricks and keanu reeves but uh, I don't know if we'll see that. There's also uh, Free State of Jones with uh, yep. <laughs> with M- Matt, McConaughey. Matt McConaughey. There's a movie called Wiener Dog, which uh, I will not be seeing. No. I have been told that the ending is brutal. Oh, boy. So I will not be seeing this movie. Alex's Tears. Oh, it'll be more than Alex's Tears. <laughs> uh, July 1st, we've got The Legend of Tarzan coming out. So that <laughs> really, might be... I really want him to see it now. I really no, do. No. I really do. I can't do it. Legend of Tarzan. Oh, it's a big weekend. Legend of Tarzan, um, the Purge election year, the BFG, 
and a few other movies. So we'll see. Don't know what it's going to be, but uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Tyler X.Y., go watch a movie.